Holy Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto your name for your love which you have displayed upon us. We thank you, Lord, for giving us life. It's a privilege which we know that we do not deserve, but an act of mercy and love from you. We thank you, Lord, for not looking at our sins. Thank you, Father, for passing by our iniquities and transgressions and being so good to us, our grateful Father. So we pray, Lord, that you will come and bless this life you've given to us and consecrate it to your service. As we go through our devotion today, bless us, O Lord. Grant us of your spirit that we may hear your words and they will be impressed in our hearts. Give us power to put into practice all that we will learn and put your words in our mouth that we may bless others. Thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, April 22 Saved by God's Grace For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 The Divine Favor The grace of God bestowed upon us through Jesus Christ is too precious to be given in exchange for any supposed meritorious work on the part of finite, erring man. Man has nothing in himself. The most exalted talent does not originate from man, but is the endowment of his Creator and can purchase nothing from God. Gold and silver cannot buy the favor of God. For the wealth of the world is the entrusted talent of the Lord. Let no one think that costly offerings to benevolent enterprises will elevate him in the sight of God, or purchase for him the favor of heaven, or procure for him a place in the mansions which Jesus has gone to prepare for those who love him. The precious blood of Christ is wholly efficacious. The resurrection of Christ from the dead was the Father's seal to the mission of Christ. It was a public expression of his entire satisfaction in the atoning work. He accepted the sacrifice that Jesus had made on our behalf. It was everything that God required, perfect and complete. No human being by any work of his own could piece out the work of Christ. When on the cross Jesus uttered the cry, It is finished. Glory and joy thrilled heaven and discomfiture fell upon the confederacy of evil. After that triumphant cry, the world's Redeemer bowed his head and died. But by his death he was a conqueror and he has opened the gates of eternal glory so that all who believe in him may not perish but have everlasting life. 
the sinner's only hope is to rely wholly upon Jesus Christ. Our acceptance with God is sure only through his beloved Son, and good works are but the result of the working of his sin-pardoning love. They are no credit to us, and we have nothing accorded to us for our good works by which we may claim a part in the salvation of our souls. Salvation is God's free gift to the believer, given to him for Christ's sake alone. The troubled soul may find peace through faith in Christ. He cannot present his good works as a plea for the salvation of his soul. Amen. The title of our devotion is Saved by God's Grace. Our key text is Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 which says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are looking at what role they play in our salvation. The Bible says clearly here how we are saved. It is not of works but by grace through faith. What does this mean to the believer? It means that we must understand because when whatever we think saves us will determine whatever reaction we are going to have. If I believe that I am saved by my character, that's my works, the commandments of God I keep or do not keep, the things I do or do not do, if I'm saved by that, there is in humanity a tendency to boast. I would feel and I would show it in my actions that it is in my hands that has gained me this salvation. It is by my works, by my striving and hard work that I have gotten salvation from sin, which is dangerous. Not only is it dangerous, but it's a flat out untruth. It is, it is a lie. That's not the truth. No one is going to be saved. Even if you have that mindset, you'll find out that you will not even be saved. There are some who say, oh, okay, so I'm supposed to keep the commandments of God not because I want to be saved, but because Christ loves me. Yes, that's true. But the thing is, even if you try to keep the commandments of God to be saved, you find out that it won't work out. So, keeping the commandments is not what saves us. It won't. It won't even work. You can't even keep it except you are saved. For someone to try to keep the commandments and think that in the keeping of the commandments, that is what will give them salvation, they will find out that even in that belief, they will not be able to keep the commandments and will not get the salvation because you cannot keep the commandments apart from Christ. For one to not be saved first and say, I will keep the commandments when I am not saved, it won't work out. So let me explain what the Bible means when it says, for by grace are you saved through faith. When we look at the world today, we find out that even in the world, criminal acts cannot be negated by good and righteous acts. No matter how good my actions may be today and tomorrow, 
if there is a crime that I committed some many years ago, let's say 20 years ago, I killed somebody. And after that, I start to keep the commandments. I, I live a good life on the earth, law-abiding citizen. If it is found out that I was the one responsible for the murder of a certain person, what will the law do? Will they say, oh, for the past 20 years, he has been such a good fellow. Let us not convict him. Oh, you know all too well that that's not what will happen. What will happen is that I will be given the strongest charge against what I have done. I will get what I deserve. I will face the law. So it is with God. We are all sinners. The book of Romans 3 verse 10 says there is none good but good but God. Romans 3.23 tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. And every sin we commit, just one sin in fact, the penalty of that sin is death. So no matter how after that sin I keep the commandments of God, keeping of the commandments, that righteousness, it is true, you are righteous when you keep God's commandments, but it cannot wipe out my sins, it cannot wipe out your sins. My sin still remains. Righteousness does not wipe out the sin. Yes, I have come out of the sin. I'm no longer committing it. But yet, I must face the law. The law demands that I die because I sinned against God. Here is where we now need to understand our need for Jesus' death on the cross, for on the Calvary, for our sins. No one no one's righteousness can save him. We hear about people like Daniel, Enoch, Noah, Job, who the Bible proclaimed them to be perfect. But we must understand that they were perfect does not mean that they never sinned in their lives. They also needed a savior. They needed grace. One sin they committed is enough to make them need the death of Jesus because Every little sin, no matter how small, the smallest sin I know of is what Adam and Eve did and that required the death of Jesus. So no matter how small our sin may be, doing righteousness after that cannot wipe away that sin. And that is why we need Jesus, every human being. That's why it's a pathetic and sad thing to see many do not know Jesus. How then are they going to face their creator? This thing I'm saying is not for Christians alone, it's for everybody. Whether you're a Hindu, a Buddhist, a Muslim, an atheist, whatever you are, we all have one God. And we have one law that he has given to us. And if we break it, the only way we can be saved is through Jesus Christ taking our place. The death that we're supposed to die, Jesus has died it for us. And now, he gives us his perfect character. Jesus lived a perfect life. And that is why he himself did not need any death for He didn't need anyone to die for him. Because he himself was righteous. But we cannot die for one another. I can't die for you. You can't die for me. Neither can you die for any of your friends or relatives. Why? Because you already have a death sentence on you. Jesus did not have that death sentence on him. He kept the law and was perfect. And that is why he said he wants to use his perfect life for a good purpose and that he would exchange it. He would give it to everyone who believes in him. And instead of us dying, he took upon himself our sins and died for our sins. 
and has said that anyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. How? Because he followed the right process. Instead of us dying, he gave himself and said, let him take our place and we take his place. You know, when Jesus was baptized, the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Do you know how you become a son of God? It is by this substitution. Jesus has a perfect life while we have a sinful life. And he makes an exchange, a legal exchange and says, I will give you my perfect life while you give me your sins. He is now the one to be condemned, while we are the ones who are righteous. He took upon himself our sins that we may be righteous. Wow, such love. Then he died on the cross for our sins. But we must understand that by faith we need to believe this, that the death of Jesus was for us, so that if we believe, he takes our sins while we take his place. And that is how it can be said, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Not because of anything I did, but because I believe that Jesus died for my sins, that I take his place and he takes my place. That is how I am saved. That is how I am called the Son of God. But the, that same passage says, But whosoever has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. So, if we say, Oh, Jesus has taken our place, it must show. And anybody who does that, who claims that he is now the Son of God, it must show in your character. That is where the works come in. The works are only a sign to show that we are saved. You see, many people can say they believe many things. How can you know what, what I really believe? It is through my actions. I'll just use an analogy that has been going on recently, at least in this present time of April 2021 and March. A certain lady has been chosen to be the assistant DOJ in the Department of Justice, one lady called Gupta. And she has double mouth. She says the police should be, should be defunded. But now she's being questioned so that they will know whether they will give her the position or not. She says, oh no, I don't believe the police should be defunded. 2012, she says, oh... In America, we need to decriminalize the use of marijuana and all drugs. And she's been questioned today and she said, I didn't say anything like that. So, she then says, all Americans are racist and have racial bias. And then she's been questioned and she says, no, I didn't say anything like that. How do we know what she really believes? How can you tell what this lady really believes? By her works. She, she may be deceiving herself or her heart may be deceiving her. But if she wants to know what she believes, let her look at her actions. So, you check the actions and you see the person, you see someone with marijuana, for example, and you don't say, this is a crime. Now I know what you really believe. It is not your profession that tells us whether you believe in Jesus or not. We could all say, I believe, I believe, but no. It is our works that really tell whether we believe or not. See, even our hearts can deceive us. We can hear the story of Jesus and just because it's popular for people to say, I believe, we join and say, I believe, I believe. But check your works, check your actions. That will really tell whether you believe 
or not. We are saved by grace, but we are judged by our works. It is the works that shows the belief of every human being, not just in Jesus, in everything we do. Your works, your actions show me what you believe. That is the law. That is just a perfect way of determining character or determining people's beliefs. Check their actions. Then you really know where they stand on certain matters. Joe Biden, before he entered into uh, office, said he doesn't believe in the packing of the court. But now he has said, let us add four more justices. Let us de- debate that. He said, oh, I don't believe in fracking. I- I'm not going to uh, lay out workers in the oil field. And then he enters into o- office and his actions, he does something. Thousands of jobs are lost. So what do we know that he believes? Will you still see he doesn't believe that? His actions are telling us what he believes. If you are listening to his words alone, then you will be deceived. If you are listening to your own words, telling yourself, I believe, I believe, you will deceive yourself. Check your actions. That's how you know whether you believe or not. So our belief is shown in our actions. If indeed we have believed in Jesus, the Bible tells us that Christ will live in us. And if Christ is living in us, will he sin? In, Rome, in that same passage, First John chapter 3, reading from verse 6, it says, And we know that he was manifested to take away our sins. Whosoever abideth in him, sinneth not. If indeed Christ is in you, it will show in a life of righteousness. Verse 7 says, My little children, let no man deceive you, for he that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committed sin is of the devil, and for this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he may take away our sins. Whosoever, verse 10 now, whosoever is born of God, verse 9, whosoever is born of God sinneth not, whosoever sinneth has not seen him, neither known him. So these are ways to check. John is telling us these are conditional statements for you to know the beliefs. If you are born of God indeed, if you have been born again, it says there that Christ will live in you. It will show in your character. It is not the works that saves you, but the work is the evidence that you are saved. I believe that is quite clear. So let us not deceive ourselves. Let us push forward. Let us have that love. See, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What Jesus did in taking our place, in that substitution, should break our hearts so much, should cause love to flow out of us to the extent that we say, because of what you have done, I also will keep your commandments. I will do what you ask me to do, not because I'm trying to be saved, but because I love you, Lord. I love you for the sacrifice you have made. I love you for going so far and doing so much for me. And it breaks my heart that I sin against you after everything you've done for me. And that should motivate us. The love displayed for us, all the things that the Father has done and the Son has done on our behalf, should be a motivation that the grace of God, as we read in Titus 2, 11 and 12, for that for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. And when you see that grace revealed on the cross, it says in verse 12, teaching us, that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should live righteously, soberly, and godly in this present world. If we have indeed beheld that grace, if we have partaken of that grace, it will teach us to cut away from sin. It will show in our works. 
we are saved by grace through faith but the works is what shows whether we are saved or not so let us begin again today let us look at the grace revealed to us in the cross and what jesus has done for us and in looking at that let our hearts break let us be let us fall on the rock and be broken as the bible says let love flow out of our hearts and in that love for jesus let us learn to deny ourselves let christ live in us so that our life shall be the simple outworking of god's will we need to die so that christ can live in galatians 2:20, paul said i have been crucified with christ yet i live but it's no longer i that live but christ lives in me if christ lives in us will he sin if he is indeed in charge moment by moment he will certainly work out his own character in us and that's what we should allow christ to do but this cannot happen except we are filled with the spirit because that's how christ lives in us he said i will send the comforter i will come to you how through the holy spirit but to be filled with the spirit you need to be filled with the word of god because you cannot bring out what you do not know so no matter how we say oh, christ is living in me he may be living in you but because you are not studying the word he will not show himself fully in you and you may be committing sin ignorantly and that's why we need to study the word because the bible tells us be filled with the spirit and jesus tells us john 6 the words i speak to you they are spirit and they are life so to be filled with jesus christ remember that jesus christ said i will come to you that's the holy spirit and he then says the words i speak they are the spirit and the life so if you want to be filled with christ if you want to be filled with the spirit we need to study the word and in studying the word our ignorance will go away and we'll be informed and have the knowledge of god and that is life john 17 verse 3 this is life eternal that they might know thee the only true god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent we will have life when christ lives in us and christ lives in us through the spirit and the spirit lives in us through the word of god we must study if christ must live in us we must study if that grace must show in our lives may god give us grace power to live above sin i really and sincerely wish for it how would it be like to have your life in harmony with that of god all your bad habits hereditary tendencies cultivated tendencies all gone they are dead you now live that pure holy life what joy what peace that you have in your heart i long for it i hope for it but we must also work for it not just to long for and hope for and i pray that we shall do whatever it takes to work for this thing and have peace with god amen dear father thank you for the privilege of your word this morning even as we have seen even as we have seen from the reading that we are saved through grace but you have taught us today also that our only evidence that we are saved is a righteous life so help us to show to the world help us to be a spectacle to the world of what it means to be truly saved many ways we have taken for granted your grace we ask for mercy forgive us for our sins cleanse us from our filthiness and help us dear father at this moment that we will be motivated by love to to keep your commandments to keep your laws we will not be motivated by a gain of eternal life because we have understood that alone is not enough 
to make us keep your commandments. So may we be motivated by love. Even as we go out to our workplaces, to our daily activities, we pray that you help us to show to our colleagues, to show to our friends what it means to be truly saved. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the privilege of these words of life. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.